I hate it that we're in this position. Tomorrow, something really, really bad could happen. We have to be vigilant. You heard about that call for global jihad from radical Muslim clerics in the wake of this situation in the Middle East. It's very bad, but it's very real, and we are more vulnerable than we've been in a long time because, yes, this is not simplistic, this is not partisan, but when we left Afghanistan, the way we left Afghanistan, that was a signal to the world that everything is different. The United States lost its status as a superpower, and every day our border wide open. What kind of country is this? It's a country that our enemies think they can push around. So tomorrow, uh, we are a target, folks. We are a target. Something bad could happen. I hope and pray it does not. Um, we're counting on intelligence authorities, law enforcement, and law enforcement. What have we done to them, right? I mean, three years ago, we made that one of the worst jobs you could have. The lack of gratitude, the disrespect. Also, a bunch of bored people could feed their Instagram profile and act like they're doing something significant. Uh, what about our intelligence authorities that I mentioned? The Central Intelligence Agency. You know, 20 years ago, maybe, maybe you have to go back further, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, during the Cold War, they knew what they were doing. It was brought to us by giants, men like Colby, uh, Dulles, McCone. Look at these guys. You can tell they're no-nonsense guys. And for a long time, the Central Intelligence Agency didn't fool around. Are you ready for a world of challenge? A world of possibilities? A world of ambiguity and adventure? Are you a person of purpose, patriotism, professionalism, with curiosity and integrity? Are you ready to make a world of difference? Be a part of the National Clandestine Service at the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA. The work of a nation, the center of intelligence. Wow, doing the work of the nation? They're looking for professionalism, integrity? I would join that unit, wouldn't you? Can't do it right now, but, uh, oh, and you don't want to do it right now. So that's 15 years ago, the CIA of today. These are the kind of people they're looking for now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I had to watch it three times, folks. That is no, I thought it was a middle school guidance counselor recruitment ad, but that is a recruitment ad for the Central Intelligence Agency. That's what they're looking for now. It all is about that stuff. Her disorder, her order, her whatever. The nonsense, that doesn't count. It's no real surprise. As of late, we've had some real, I'm sorry, kooks in that job. Uh, Trump derangement syndrome victims like John Brennan and the current guy, you don't hear too much about him. I'll, I'll give him that. He keeps a low profile. He keeps off of cable news. His name is William Burns, and I know more about the world than he does. He actually made an appointment to see Jeffrey Epstein after he was convicted of sex crimes. 
Yeah, they first met in Washington, and then Mr. Burns visited Epstein's townhouse in Manhattan. Uh, next, please. The director did not know anything about him. I read this in the newspaper. <laughs> Epstein offered general advice on transition to the private sector. How bizarre is that? Our intelligence agency. All right. But we're counting on them to protect us and to anticipate threats like Hamas trying to invade slash destroy Israel like they, they're doing right now. No heads up from the CIA. All right. What about the FBI? Are they going to help us? You know, at one point, they could. They really could. And they were really, they were really good, too. Take a look. I am a mother. I have a degree in electrical engineering. I stopped the plans of terrorists. I am a special agent with today's FBI. It's not the same world. It's not the same FBI. In defense of this great nation, our mission has expanded considerably. Join me. You'll gain the training, the support, and the resources to become one of America's finest. Today's FBI, it's for you. All right. Unfortunately, today's FBI is not that FBI. Today's FBI, after all, America is systemically racist. It's not a great country. It's a terrible country, right? And uh, FBI agents go rogue all the time, like Strzok and Page. They think they can stop uh, a president's election. They damn near pulled it off in 2016, and they may have in 2020. Who knows? It's under review. Relax, President Biden. All right. The FBI is lost. Um, take a look at this. They're still consumed with January 6th. All the things that's going on, right? <laughs> We've got a global day of jihad tomorrow and January 6th. You know, there's only so many hours in the day. There are only so many agents. They wasted so much time on that and stuff like this. You know, the FBI was celebrating Pride Month. Yeah, the FBI celebrates Pride Month. Knock yourselves out, but you're doing that on taxpayer time, and you've got more important things to do. You know, the 9-11 Commission was actually pretty good, and they warned America about the silliness, the silliness that the media and much of government became engaged with prior to 9-11. Who remembers Monica Lewinsky? Great, big, juicy story. I know. I read every little bit, every little snippet. It introduced me to the Internet. Uh, but should the FBI really have been doing DNA tests on a denim dress? I mean, that took up a lot of resources, hundreds of agents, lots and lots of time when you're investigating the president. I don't think that was good. And I think we're doing the same thing again. The same silliness is happening right now. Um, oh, Donald Trump made the news. When does he not make the news? But once again, the fake news totally misconstruing and trying to exploit something that he actually didn't say and didn't even mean. Gee, I hope Hezbollah doesn't attack from the north because that's the most vulnerable spot. I said, wait a minute. You know, Hezbollah is very smart. They're all very smart. The press doesn't like when they say it. Uh, I was watching this speech. I really didn't think anything of it. I was just listening. Yeah, all right. Look at what they did. There used to be an idea that was elevated by Republicans uh, that partisanship ought to end at the water's edge. That's particularly true in a time of crisis like this with an ally. The fact that Donald Trump didn't have the decency uh, to try to unite the nation, but his instinctively instinct is always to divide and make it about himself mm. and then to praise the terrorists who are murdering children 
as very smart. It's not praising them for what they did. It's not anything like that. Every little thing. And it only makes them stronger. But Donald Trump is on solid ground when he talks about our enemies. Quite frankly, yeah, some of them are smart. Sun Tzu, the ancient Chinese warrior, wrote a classic book called The Art of War. There is no greater danger than underestimating your opponent. We've seen this before. Every time he's right, every time he says something about our enemies, having some ability, having some smarts, they go nuts. It's certainly not the first time he said it. He says it all. Well, take a look. I can tell you this, and a lot of people don't like when I say it, but he was a young man of 26 or 27, and at a very young age, he was able to assume power. A lot of people, I'm sure, tried to take that power away, whether it was his uncle or anybody else. And he was able to do it. So, obviously, he's a pretty smart cookie. Talking about Kim Jong-un, right? The guy who'd like to uh, blow up uh, America if he could. Yeah. And Hamas, we hate them. They are terrorists. They are awful. But look at this video that shows that how do they make all these rockets? We were wondering, how do they get the rockets? They turned water pipes into rockets. They dug up the pipes and they refurbished them into rockets. Now, I hate them. I hate what they're doing. I want them all defeated. But they're an adversary and they're clever. And yeah, they're kind of smart. What's the problem? There is no problem in saying that. You have to recognize certain basic realities, certainly if we're going to beat them, okay? And Israel right now is doing a fantastic job pounding Gaza night and day. It's exactly what they deserve. Take a look at the... Um, from the ground perspective, what it looks like. I mean, it's kind of hard to believe, though, as this to me looks like total victory, right? Total annihilation. Doesn't work that way. You still have to go in with the ground troops. Listen to this guy. He's a professor of war, warfare, uh, in the UK. I've said on many occasions that uh, air power is very powerful, but it's perishable. You have to exploit the benefits of air power with action on the ground. He's right. And it's going to be urban warfare. Who remembers uh, Saving Private Ryan? Remember that? It's the toughest kind of combat there is. Full metal jacket when they went into Way City. We've seen this before where air power can't actually win the war on its own. So there has to be a ground invasion. Who remembers the first Gulf War? Uh, once Desert Storm started, remember we went from Desert Shield to Desert Storm, the air war lasted over a month before the ground war started. And that was only four days long, but it had to be fought. You can't win this thing with airplanes alone. Uh, right now, vehicles and troops, I'm told 100,000 Israeli troops are outside of Gaza, and they could be going in very, very soon. Unfortunately, the United States has been more of an observer, it seems, than anything else. And Joe Biden, once again, can't help himself telling tall tales. I never really thought that I would see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. I never thought I'd ever, anyway. Well, it is horrible. We think it's happening, but strangely, Joe Biden um, was kind of making it up. He didn't see pictures to that effect. The White House actually put out a statement saying uh, Joe did not see any such pictures. They may exist, but Joe has not seen them. 
All right, a couple of more things. The Hamas terrorists, you know how they got out of Gaza? They used a bulldozer. They actually went right through the fence with the bulldozer. But something's kind of weird here because that fence is monitored all the time by pretty elaborate systems um, that are unmanned. You see these guns? The moment they sense a person trying to breach that fence, well, the gun opens fire. But it's not manned by people. And one of the potential takeaways here is that we're all relying too much on technology. You have to have human eyes as part of the equation. You can fool systems, and they may have fooled systems by overwhelming them with uh, drones, right? Um, there's too much reliance on machines. We need people to be on the lookout. It's happening in our own military. Do you remember a few years ago, we had a whole bunch of ships crashing into other ships? Uh, that's not supposed to happen. That disaster at sea involving a U.S. Navy destroyer. Sailors missing, and tonight the question, how did it happen again? The USS John S. McCain colliding with an oil tanker in the waters off the coast of Singapore. Ten sailors are still missing tonight. Even more troubling, it's the second collision for a ship in just two months. And there were three more in the next six months. They had to do a stand down. They had to stop everything. They had to reevaluate. They're relying too much. Oh, the radar is going to protect us. Oh, somebody else is going to protect us. Something else. Everyone's distracted. No one seems to be doing their job as well as they used to. There are a million other things we'd rather be doing. Ninety nine percent of the people, according to one poll I saw, might have been a bit exaggerated, just want to be on their phones. That's all they really want to do and they don't want to do their job. It's starting to show, and it's making us all a lot less safe. Stay with us. The brand-new candidate for the United States Senate, her name is Carrie Lake. Listen to this. I am not going to retreat. I'm going to stand on top of this hill with every single one of you, and I know you're by my side as I formally announce my candidacy for the United States Senate. Damn, she's going to be awesome, and she joins us next. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. Newsmax, we're real news for real people. Millions are turning off the old channels and switching to Newsmax, the fastest growing cable news channel in America. No agenda, no spin, just the facts. Millions watch us, so can you. Newsmax, we are real news for real people. There's Carrie Lake announcing her candidacy for the United States Senate the day before yesterday, Tuesday, in Arizona. She's running as a Republican. This is coming off her spectacular run for governor. And uh, everybody saw what a natural political talent she is, a real force. Donald Trump has already chosen his favorite candidate. Kerry is one of the toughest fighters in our movement, and I am proud to give her my complete and total endorsement for the United States Senate. She is very special with people like Kerry fighting for Arizona in the Senate. With me in the White House, we will make America great again. So God bless you. God bless Arizona. And Carrie, God bless you. You're in a 
amazing journey and you're going to win and we love you very much and it's an honor to endorse you. How about that? Complete and total. <laughs> Complete and total. Carrie Lake, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? I'm doing great. We're off to the races. We're ready to go. All right. Hey, um, so you're going to be a senator, I predict. One of 100. And you're going to have another senator there in Arizona. Um, you can deal with that, I know. There are strengths and limitations. There are advantages and disadvantages to a job like that, right? Well, yeah, I think I think for every job, right? But I, what I'm really looking forward to is getting to Washington, D.C. and helping President Trump enact his America First policies because we know that his policies helped Arizonans. All Arizonans were doing better under the time we had President Trump, whether they loved him or didn't love him. We were doing better with the strong economy. We were doing better when he secured the border. And he did secure the border, Greg. I, I covered it as a fair journalist for 27 years. It had never been more airtight and secure than under President Trump. And now we're looking at uh, the world going to hell in a handbasket. We see what happened in Israel. And I am fearful, and I know others are as well. It's not if, it's a ma not a matter of if, but when the same kind of thing happens here because of that wide open border. So we need to get some America first people in uh, D.C. and get rid of these people who've been a rubber stamp for Joe Biden, like Kirsten Sinema and Ruben Gallego. Uh, okay, Ruben uh, Gallego. Yeah, that's he's running, too. He's running as a Democrat. I guess she's running as an independent. Hey, is Arizona bracing for what do they call it? The day of jihad? There's, you know, a lot of concern that something bad could happen tomorrow. Um, terrorists could strike. Um, uh, you guys talking about that in Arizona? I've heard people mention it. I, I'm, I'm afraid every day that something bad could happen. As long as we have millions of people, Joe Biden says 7 million, I think it's much more than that, who have poured across unvetted. We're seeing video after video of people coming through Arizona's border of military age, fighting age men. These are not families huddled together. These are men. We don't know where they're coming from. We already know that they've captured and caught some known terrorists. And when, when you've got a border that looks like that, the video on your screen, um, this is not vetting people coming across our country. And we know for a fact there are people here who want to do us harm. So I don't know if it's Friday, but I do know eventually there will be violence because of this. We're going to be attacked by people coming across who don't love America. Carrie, uh, you were a member of the media, and then the media came after you, and you famously turned the tables on them. Uh, we've all seen the videos. They're great. Can I ask you, given your experience, what is their motivation? What is the sudden shift? It seems kind of sudden in a way where they're all in on one side and they won't report the truth. They've always been biased, but not like this. What's happening? I don't know. I mean, I, I ask myself that all the time. I look at some of these people, Greg, they were friends of mine, and now they're attacking me and lying about me. And I know that after working in the media, I will tell you 95% of people in every newsroom, maybe even higher, are are liberals or Democrats, and some of them are hardcore leftists. And maybe they just don't want to have to say, we're wrong, we were wrong about something. And, and so they're doubling down because they certainly can't be looking at what's happening in this world. When they go to fill up their cars, they can't be happy that it costs you know, three times more than it did under President Trump. They can't be happy to see video like we just saw of people pouring across our country. Our, our crime rate is going through the roof. We have a homeless crisis that is um, devastating frankly, to our cities. And I, I so I don't know if it's just they don't want to admit they were wrong or if they're so far brainwashed by that ideology that they can't 
put our country first and, and realize we have to take a different direction. But you know what? We're going to keep moving forward with or without them. They can say what they want about me. The beautiful thing about my relationship with the people of Arizona is that they know me. I was in their homes for almost 30 years, for three hours a day, and they have a relationship with me. And if you've heard that that old adage where it says, live your life in a way where if somebody says something bad about you, nobody believes it. I tried to live my life that way. And I think the people of Arizona know where my heart is. My heart is with this country. My heart is with this state. I'm a mother and I'm really, really worried about my kids' future. And so that's why I'm in the the dirty, slimy world of politics right now. I'd rather not be here, but I think we have to do it. Well, you're so good at it. I mean, it's just amazing to watch. Um, hey, did you say three hours of television a day? Wow. Uh, four, <laughs> you're five, not working six? hard enough, Greg. How did it work? What, 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 what was your shift? I was the um, primary evening anchor, but we went on from 4 until 6 p.m. and then from 9 until 10. Wow. Uh, what would you do in the interim? Have dinner, go home and check on the kids. Worked that's hard, wrote, <laughs> reported. Yeah, that's And always... I miss that. I, I miss those days, Greg, and I think, you know, I know you were a fair uh, journalist as well, where you go into the newsroom and you were working on well, how can we inform the people of our community? How can we let them know what's happening so that they're able to make informed decisions? And it's just completely, obviously I walked away during COVID when I said, whoa, there's no journalism being done here. It's just the spreading of propaganda. And so we need to get a fair and free press back as well and and honor our First Amendment, honor the rights we have in this country and not tear down our country, not let the press continue to tear down our country. Thankfully, their ratings are falling and people like you and others who are being truthful, your ratings are growing. And so we have we have alternatives now, not just the mainstream media. Thank yeah. God. You know, one of the things I think is uh, a lot of reporters just stay on their phones all day long. They don't go out. You said between six and nine, you could hit the pavement. You can go out, talk to people, learn stuff before the phone. Yeah. That's what we did. Uh, hey, by the way, you should check out Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say another thing I just thought of is, you know, they got they pushed out a lot of the veteran journalists, the older ones who might have had families and they had a little more more roots in the um, community, replaced them with grads fresh out of some of these. I call them indoctrination camps, universities. And so they were coming in to be social justice warriors, not journalists. And when you get rid of those people who have ties and families, your perspective changes when you become a parent. It just does. Folks, go to CarrieLake.com, CarrieLake.com, Carrie with a K. And you should also check out Unafraid, Just Getting Started, her book that came out last summer. It really is something. Thank you, Thank you very much, Thank you, Carrie. Greg. You bet. Good luck, and we'll stay in Thank touch. You. Be right back. Okay, appreciate it. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. The magnificent city of Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, uh, has been under siege, but Israel is fighting back against the terrorists. Uh, Big time, big time, and this just might be getting started. Jerusalem, let's take a look at it on the map. It is some distance away from the Gaza Strip, uh, right there in the middle of the West Bank. Uh, you know, my in-laws were there up until uh, Monday. Uh, they made it out uh, just fine. We are honored to be joined by the deputy mayor of Jerusalem. Her name is Fleur Hassan Nahum. Uh, welcome, uh, Madam Mayor, and uh, forgive me. 
Nice to see you. How are you and your citizens holding up? Well, there's, I would describe it as a tense quiet. Uh, but unfortunately, this evening, we've had a shooting attack by a police station, uh, which has left one uh, policeman seriously injured. And we pray that he will, he will recover from his wounds. The terrorist was neutralized. And you have to understand that since last Saturday night, there's been this uh, fear that the conflict and the attacks will extend here in Jerusalem. We have 40% Muslim Arab population in the city, and for the most part, they're peace-loving people that want what the rest of us want, just do, do a day's work and go back to their families. But unfortunately, we also have some dangerous Hamas operatives in the city. We know who they are, we know where they are, and so we're keeping our eyes on everything here. The mayor on Sunday gathered us all and announced uh, that he has brought more reinforcements for police officers, for patrols, and we hope that things don't flare up here. You're uh, how far from the Gaza Strip? I, I, I've heard very, you, the, the rockets for it's the far. most part. It's at least 100 kilometers, 100 even more. And we normally don't get rockets in the city of Jerusalem. A, because it's a bit far for them, but B, because of the 40% Muslim population, the last thing they want is to, you know, they, they don't, they're not very accurate, the rockets. So the last thing they want is to end up uh, killing a, a village full of uh, Muslim Arabs and or, which would probably be worse for them, uh, by, by mistake, a rocket lands on Temple Mount, which is the third holiest Muslim site and our holiest uh, site. Uh, that would be a disaster for them within the Muslim community around the world. And so they don't normally send rockets. And so we knew something was very wrong last Saturday night, last Saturday morning, when we heard five sirens I spend the best part of the morning with my children in our bomb shelter, knowing that something terrible had happened. Secretary of State Tony Blinken is in Israel, um, and he spent some time with families this morning. Let's take a look, please. We did see I thought he uh, photographs, videos that the uh, Israeli government shared with us. Uh, some, I think, has actually already been seen uh, in um, uh, public media. Uh, others were, were new to me and I think uh, new to our team. Uh, it's hard to find the right words. It's beyond what anyone would ever want to imagine, much less actually see and God forbid experience. We've been debating about his response and the administration's response and what they've said here in the United States. You know, I've been taken aback by how much anti-Semitism has been on display. Maybe I was naive, but what's happening here in parts of this country are, it's so ugly. Uh, are you surprised? Have you witnessed, are you looking overseas uh, as to the reaction, these public demonstrations in favor of the terrorists? You know, it's, it's really beggar's belief. One thing is to be in favor of Palestinian self-determination, and I think that most Israelis are in favor of the Palestinians having some sort of autonomy, self-determination. We've tried, uh, you know, endless times to make peace with them, to stretch out a hand in peace. There is proof that Israel knows how to make peace. We have peace with Egypt and Jordan, the UAE, um, Bahrain, Morocco, and 
thanks to the Americans as well. We were on our way to making peace with Saudi Arabia. Um, but to have people around the world who sympathize with the Palestinian cause, which is fine, but to have them demonstrate and celebrate genocide, celebrate decapitated babies, celebrate burnt bodies, old ladies murdered in their beds. Who are these people? How far will they go? One thing is to have a political opinion. Let me tell you, there's not one mother in the state of Israel who would celebrate the death of any child or Palestinian or otherwise any child around the world. And so I really do not understand these people. And the only thing I can think of, because it makes no other sense, is the very deep-rooted anti-Semitism in many of these extremist communities. It's uh, a real eye-opener. And some communities, not so... It's just bizarre. I didn't know about it. I was naive, I guess. Uh, Flor Hassan Nahum. Hey, real quick, uh, Bibi Netanyahu. Um, I'm just curious, how are people viewing his leadership right now? Are they rallying around him? Are questions being asked? What's, it, what's the scene there like in terms of his support? So uh, Israelis are very resilient people. We've had to be because since the beginning of our history, we've been fighting wars we didn't start. And we've lived under very difficult circumstances and we've built a wonderful country. And so at the moment, people are rallying around for the cause of the war. The questions will come after we've won the war, please God, um, and not now. We're not busy blaming anybody at this point because we don't have the energy for that. We have a very dangerous enemy that is not just dangerous for us, it's dangerous for the entire free world. This is the long arm of Iran and the beginning, the first stop on their tour of restoring the world 500 years ago is Israel. But make no bones about it, the next stops are the Western world and of course America. So at the moment, people are focused on getting through this war. Yesterday, Benjamin Netanyahu announced a national unity government mm -hmm. with Benny Gantz. This is something that people wanted. We have had enough of these internal divisions and people wanted unity. Yesterday, a unity government was formed. Uh -huh. And so hopefully they will take us to a better place, to victory. And after that, I'm sure there will be times for questions. Flora Hassan Nahum, thank you very much, Deputy Mayor of Jerusalem. Our very best wishes. And Thank we'll you so right much. Newsmax. Shoots it straight. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. I just share with my colleagues that I'm withdrawing my name as a candidate for the speaker-designee. If you look at over the last few weeks, if you look at where our conference is, there's still work to be done. Uh, our conference still has to come together and is not there. Uh, there are still some people that have their own agendas. And I was very clear, we have to have everybody put their agendas on the side and focus on what this country needs. This country is counting on us to come back together. Wow. Uh, Steve Scalise, Republican of Louisiana, dropping out of the speaker's race. Hmm. Uh, Jim Jordan's probably going to get it. 
the problem with Scalise is, for various reasons, I don't know, inside the conference, he couldn't get to 217 votes, but it looks like Jim Jordan can. I like them both, especially like uh, Congressman Jordan. Good for him. Uh, let's see how this goes. Maybe by the end of the week we'll have a speaker. Uh, unclear. Oh, I heard some conservatives, conservatives saying they want Hakeem Jeffries. More on that in a little bit. But first... I thought Harvard kids were supposed to be smart, right? Harvard, the most competitive university in the land to get into all that stuff. Turns out they're a bunch of idiots. Sorry, but you know about all these pro-terrorist rallies that are happening all over the country. Well, nowhere is there greater enthusiasm than on college, elite college campuses like Harvard. Uh, they're uh, sending money, they're signing petitions, they love the terrorists, they love Hamas, and that's very, very foolish. Well, some of these brainiacs one day will like to make a lot of money. It's one of the reasons why you go to Harvard, right? So you can get one of those big jobs that pays a lot of money, like on Wall Street. Well, sorry, they may regret signing that petition because a great guy philanthropist, super successful. His name is Bill Ackerman. He runs, uh, I believe, one of the biggest hedge funds in the world. He's like, uh, send me the names. I'm going to make sure that none of my friends on Wall Street hire any of these people who signed that petition. And do you really want terrorist sympathizers on your payroll? Hmm? Some of the Harvard kids are apparently freaking out and trying to get their name off the petition. We'll see what happens. Now, should that mistake they made uh, hold them back? I mean, let's face it. College kids make lots of mistakes. There is absolutely no reason to drink beer in such a fashion. But people do that in college. They do a lot of stupid things in college. And they've always been doing stupid things in college. It goes all the way back to the 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, whatever, right? You get away from home and you lose your mind. So these kids are making mistakes. Hope they straighten themselves out and learn that terrorism is bad. Maybe this should be. You're an adult when you're in college. Maybe, what excuse does a squad have, right? AOC and the rest. These are full-grown women, and they seem to be rooting for the terrorists. In big ways and small, they've made it known that they have total disdain for Jewish people. It is absolutely disgusting. And interestingly, Joe Biden once said, you can't you can't do what the squad is doing. You, you, can't, you can't say both sides have a, a valid point here when it comes to something like this. Remember Joe when he first kicked off his campaign? And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? But those words... The President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. All right, so uh, Joe is lying about Donald Trump, but let's go with that both sides thing right now. There are no both sides, like both sides are valid in the conflict between Israel and the terrorists, right? People who take women and children hostages and kill women and children, they're not... It, it, it's not legitimate, all right? This is guerrilla warfare. I mean, guerrilla, G-O-R-I-L-L-A. These folks are animals. For the record, Donald Trump never said, you know, regarding Charlottesville, he said that 
Well, you could be a good person and be totally opposed to the Confederate flag. You can. You could also be a good person and think, you know, it's part of our heritage. We have to preserve it. He specifically said he wasn't talking to or about the crazy people. So had people that were very fine people on both sides. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. The great Charlottesville lie, you gotta remember this about Joe, he based his entire rationale for becoming president, for running for president on this lie. And it's a big one. Why not base your presidency on a lie? Everything else in that guy's life is a lie. I've got to point this out. I've mentioned it before. Bill Kristol, a uh, big proponent of the Iraq war, right? Uh, worked for Dan Quayle, worked for George H.W. Bush, calls himself a conservative, but he hates Trump so much. I mean, he just has gone totally insane. He actually suggested that Hakeem Jeffries would be a valid choice for speaker. Look at the tweet. Surely five responsible Republicans understand that the country would be better served by Hakeem Jeffries as speaker for a year. And then he says, oh, Republicans, insurrectionists, all that nonsense. Calls himself a conservative. If, well, all right. We're going to Israel next, live to Israel, where John Huddy, our reporter, has been doing an amazing job. Quite frankly, I'm worried about him, you know. He's got a wife and kids, and uh, but he's out there in the danger zone. We'll be right back with John. All right, we're going to Israel right now. Our senior correspondent, John Huddy, has been on duty uh, since this thing started. John, welcome back. Uh, we don't want to give everything away where you are, but I'm told it's maybe 15 minutes or so drive to Gaza. What's it like? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if it's 15 minutes. Uh, it's pretty close. Uh, a couple kilometers, a couple miles. Uh, in fact, so close, we're seeing a lot of combat troops. Uh, convoy actually just passed by us, Greg, and we're very, we're probably within about two and a half miles from uh, Re'evim, which is a, uh, which is a kibbutz, and this was the site of the super, uh, Supernova Music Festival and what's being called Massacre now, or Hamas terrorists went into this open air, you know, outdoor music festival rave and just started mowing people down, executing people. We were there. We went there with an IDF convoy earlier today. We were embedded with them uh, to see for ourselves. And we saw the bottleneck of vehicles that were shot up by Hamas, including targeting the fuel tanks to light them on fire, to ignite them with people inside. Some were burned alive. And I'm sorry, this is graphic. I do apologize and a warning to our viewers hearing this, but, uh, you know, executing them, those trying to get away, executing them. We also talked to a survivor, guy who was bartending, who described what he heard, what he saw, the machine gun fire, and the screams. Just really, just horrendous, awful stuff, Greg. Damn. Um, so, John, look, we're, people are anticipating a ground invasion. Um, Right. And yeah. if, if that happens, number one, I mean, I don't know if we want to speculate when, but are you planning on going in with uh, Israeli troops? Is that an option for you? I'm not sure if that's an option. That's that's incredibly dangerous. I mean, I would. I certainly and, and look, um, 
uh, one of the reasons that we're here was number one to go to to see this the supernova site um, where this happened, and two, we're very close. And I'm not going to say specifically where, but to a, a, a military base, very large base here in southern Israel. And my brothers-in-law, um, uh, I have one who's in the combat. He's assault. You know, he's going to be on the ground among the first wave of troops to go in. The other is a commander. Uh, so I wanted to see them, and so I was re able to reunite with them before this happens. And what I'm told, from what I uh, am hearing, this is coming very soon. Um, they are gearing up. They're getting ready. All the, all the signs are there. Uh, the IDF continues to hammer sites. Uh, we're hearing artillery fire in the distance. Uh, we've heard fighter jets and fighters going over, um, hitting sites. That, that's been just a constant since all of this started uh, on Saturday. And then we're also hearing about the atrocities, Greg, um, what Hamas did to the men, women, and children. Uh, again, this is graphic, but shooting children point blank. And from what I'm told, we've heard a lot about babies being beheaded. I'm told they use shovels to do that. I mean, just absolutely awful. But in terms of this ground offensive, certainly all the signs are leading up to this as the airstrikes um, continue and as, as the IDF continues to hammer um, Hamas targets within the Strip. Wow. All right. If it becomes an option, I think you opt to not go. All right. You're not. Uh, yeah, why? Right. I'll, I'll go if, if I can, <laughs> if, they'll, right. if they'll allow me, uh, I'll certainly go. I'm not right. trying to be a cowboy about it, you know, but these uh, listen, I've talked to a number of these these combat guys and, and it's, you know, they're they're I don't know. What, what can I say? It's it's an emotional thing to see what they're doing, you know, getting ready to go in and defend their country. You know, to defend the lives of people here. And not to mention the fact that now we know that 27, forgive me because I'm losing my voice, as you can tell, but 27 Americans were killed as well. Others are still missing, upwards of anywhere from 15, 17, maybe more. We don't know exactly are still missing that may have been taken hostage uh, by Hamas along with the more than 100 others. So, you know, uh, here goes. There's another, another group of troops going by right now. So, I mean, that's the reality on the ground right now, Greg. So All we'll right, see. If they allow your... me to go, you know, I'll jump in. Sorry? If they allow you, you'll jump in. All right, well, listen. I, I said if they'll, yeah, if they allow me to go, I'll jump in with them. But it's just so, it's incredibly dangerous. They're just clearing the, clearing the way now. They have D9s, which are basically clear the mines out. And that's the work that they're doing now. They're just, they're, they're softening up the targets and they're getting ready. Please be safe, John Huddy. Thank you for your reporting and your bravery. Be safe indeed. Uh, a lot of people counting Thanks, on Greg. you. Newsmax and at home. Thanks, Thank brother. You, I appreciate it. We'll be right back. I will be here tomorrow, I hope, right? International Day of Jihad. we got to be careful, okay? Thank you very much. Uh, Chris Plant is next.